Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. And so we're starting a new collection of talks and we're calling it, Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? I think because this is an important question because actually your answer to this question will set how you live. It will set how you go about life. It will set how confident you are, how you can tackle challenges and situations. It will, it will uh, impact how secure you are. It will impact every part. It will impact how you love people. It will impact um, your priorities in life. Literally, the answer, how you answer this question will impact every way of your life, whether you answer it one way or another. But who is Jesus to you. And, and this actually, we get the title from, um, from a question that Jesus asks his disciples. And he, I believe it's actually an applicable question for us today. Um, this a question that Jesus asks his disciples. And it's in Matthew 16, Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because this question impacts every part of our life how you have, how the, to the degree that you have peace in your life, to the degree that you have rest in your life, to where you put your priorities, it is how you answer this question. Who do you say that I am? Have you ever been asked this question? Maybe um, more the men in this room have been asked this question before, but uh, have you ever been asked, um, how do I look in this? And you can fill in the blank. Um, and I think what they're looking for is an honest answer, right? I think, so. no. Um, someone said never, someone said yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I, I think at least my wife, I know she's looking for an honest answer and also an affirming one, like you look good in fill in the blank. And um, when Jesus though, when he asked this question, he's not, it's not an affirming question. He's not looking for you to affirm him. He's not looking for affirmation from the disciples. See, Jesus knows who he is. He says in John uh, 6.35, I am the bread of life. In John 10, he says, I am the door. In John uh, 10.11, we talked about that all last month. I am the good shepherd. He knows I care for the sheep. He knows who he is. He says in John 11, I am the resurrection. See, he asked them using, who do you say I am? And then he tells later in John, hey, I am this. I am the vine. I am the source. In John 14, 6, he says this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus, he knew and knows who he is. 
It wasn't a, okay, can you affirm me question? Like, uh, who do you say I am? Like, how, how am I doing? Jesus knows who he is. But the question is to the disciples then, and I think a question to us now is, who do you say he is? Do you know who he is? Do you know when he says, who do you say I am? Because our true response, how we really respond to that in words and actions, I think actually sets the, how we relate and how we interact and how we experience Jesus and the life that he has. That how we actually answer that is how we will experience this life. It will shape how you do life. And this is what I mean by that is, have, has anybody in here um, overcome the friend zone uh, before? Uh, Scott did. Pastor Chris back there did. Yeah. Um, and you're 10, like nine years married. You're, Pastor Chris, you're 11? Yeah. Um, and they overcame the friend zone. That's good. Um, now, where are you going with this, Josiah? Well, I'm not going to give you tips if you're single uh, how to overcome the friend zone. But if, say if you are... It, interested in someone, you're, you're hanging out a lot, and you like them a lot, and you're with them, and they introduce you to someone. They, someone says, who's this? And they say, oh, this is my friend. Daggers to the heart, right? Like, it's like, oh, that's the person that you like. Um, and because they say you're in the friend zone, it sort of sets, because of how they see you, how they, they view you, who they say you are, actually sets the parameters for your relationship. You're only going to be so close. You're only going to do life with them so much. Um, and there's only so much that you can do life with them. Now, let's be clear. I'm not saying Jesus is asking to be your boyfriend. No, he says, I am the Lord. Follow me. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Is, is how you see Jesus will actually then set the parameters of how much you allow him to be in your life. How much you allow him to operate in your life. Like, it, your mom might say, he's a really great guy, but you're like, friend zone. You set the parameters. You might, what am I doing here? But this is what happens when that's away. <laughs> but how you see, how you see Jesus will set the parameters of how much you allow him to work and to move in your life. Because he, he is Lord. He is the way. He is uh, the healer. He is peace. He is the good shepherd. He is the provider. He is love. He is um, the source. He is your savior. He is all these things. But is he that to you? Because, I, I, because maybe he's savior, but is he Lord? Right? Maybe he's savior to your life like Jesus has saved you and uh, I got fire insurance. But is he Lord? Will I allow Jesus to dictate how I do life and follow him, right? He can be one thing, but is he now, is he Lord? Okay, maybe I see him as, as, um, as a, a loving, but do I see him as a healer, right? And, and how you see him, I think, uh, uh, to a degree, allows you to operate. I think it's interesting that Jesus asked, what do others, who, who do others say that I am? And the disciples they, they had many answers, right? They said, okay, you're like a prophet. They say you're a prophet, you're this, you're that. But then he asked, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because what others say will not maintain 
or keep you when challenges come. What others think will not keep you there when the storms of life come. Others' faith will not maintain you when things come up. You know, like this week was actually, it was a very heavy week for me. Like, there was just a lot going on. So there was stuff going on with my family. Like I shared last week with my sister, she got uh, in a, uh, like she got hit by a semi and, and so that was heavy. She's now walking and her and her fiance are alive and that is a miracle of God. Um, also this week I've like just with multiple families just walking through um, various like crises and let's be like, it is an honor to be a pastor to walk alongside people and, and walk with them and stand in faith and pray but it was heavy this week. I felt like when I sat down to, 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 to put down and compose the message and, and pray and everything, I felt mentally exhausted. And someone else saying, Lord, I, the Lord is, is, is my strength and, and the Lord is my peace. If someone else says that, that's good for them, but it wouldn't really help me in that situation. See, I need to be able to say, Jesus, you are my Lord you are my strength. When I am weak, God, you are strong. That, that, God, you are my peace right now. You are my refuge. And I need to be able to say that. See, it's not enough just to, for others to say who Jesus is, even if they're right, right? The disciples, their first shot at the, it was completely wrong. Let's uh, call it as it is. But even if someone's right, that won't keep you. Even reading about, reading books about Jesus won't help you. But it's, who is Jesus to me? Am I allowing him to be the great I am in my life? Are you allowing him to be the great I am in your life? You know, that's why, like, downstairs for, for Thrive Kids, it's not, just so you know, it's not babysitting. We are down there preaching the good news of Jesus, helping foster them and point them to Jesus. Because why? It, because your faith is, is great, but know what? They need to have a relationship with Jesus on their own. They need to have faith in the Lord Jesus and have, develop a relationship. So it's not babysitting. We are discipling your kids downstairs. That is, it's not like that's the secondary service. No, that's a coinciding service that's happening as we, as up here, we're pointing to Jesus. Down there, we're pointing to the microphone and to Jesus. Why? Because my faith for my son, I'll be a great example for him. I do my, do my best to, to walk out what I believe, but he needs his own faith. Your faith, it might be great, it might, but know what? Your kids need their own faith. So what am I trying to say? Is that everything we need is in him. Peace, healing, rest, Love, acceptance, restoration, direction. He's our savior. He's a miracle worker. But is he that for you? Do you say that he is? I find it interesting that Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? I am. And it reminds me of this. Now, in the Old Testament, it's in Aramaic. New Testament, it is in Greek, so it doesn't necessarily cross. But I find it interesting that in in Exodus, as Moses is about getting sent out for, to lead the people out, he says, who should, who's, who should I say is saying, let my people go? He says, I am, I am. And he goes to set free um, the people from physical bondage. 
And now the great I am, God in flesh, Jesus, is now on his journey to the cross. And, and now uh, the, the, this, he instead asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And it was the res- our response really to who he is is what then brings freedom to our life internally. Um, that that who, who we say Jesus is brings freedom to our life. In Romans 10, 9, it says this. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Who we say Jesus is saves, gives us eternity. We now can do life with Jesus for eternity. But it also, who you say he is today, impacts and affects your life right now. Um, and impacts how you live out the life and what Jesus has provided. In Matthew 16, 15, it goes on, it goes on from, who do you say that I am? Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And he says this, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The Messiah, the one that the Israelites were waiting for for years, the one that was prophesied that would save them. In verse 17, then it goes on and says this, uh, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So God revealed this to uh, Peter, that, that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Messiah. And today that God is revealing the things of God, his character to us, not taught just by man, but taught by his spirit. That even for us to come to the Lord, we have all been giving a measure of faith. And that Paul actually prays in Ephesians 1.16, he says this, he says this, um, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation, that he would give you wisdom, but that revelation that he would reveal things to you. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, what Jesus has provided for you, that God would reveal this to you. That's what Paul's praying. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand uh, in the heavenly places. So Paul's saying, I, listen, I pray that God would reveal things to you, that Peter here, God reveals it to us. And today, God does this too. It's not like we just have to figure it out on our own. It's like, here's a book figure it out. I've had teachers like that in grade school. Um, Here's a book, figure it out. Okay. Um, But God does this today. He reveals things to us. He does this through his word, the Bible, through his spirit, through gathering together um, in uh, where we are assembled together in faith in like groups like Sunday in Thrive groups that are starting next week. Um, Small little plug there. It's all good. Um, but have you ever played hide and seek with a kid, like when you're an adult? Um, it's really easy. 
I'm really good if I wanted to be against my son. Um, but, because I can hide and he would never find me. <laughs> like, never. If they handed out awards, I could get it. Um, and he would have second place. Um, but when I'm playing hide-and-go-seek with my son, I, I'm the adult, so I will give some clues. I'll have, like, some limbs out if I'm behind the curtain so he knows where I am. There might be... He's discovered that this isn't the thing. He'll, he'll go now. We started this when he was, like, I don't know, two. Is, uh, I would, if, he, if he could never find me, I always told him, just go, caca, and I would go, caca. And he found out that when he plays this, other kids don't do this, and it's like... <laughs> I cacawed. Why didn't they say anything? But I make it easy for him to find me. I'm hiding, but I'm making it easy for him to find me. Proverbs 25 talks about that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of God to conceal things. It's the glory of kings to seek it out. Um, that God actually, he's not hiding, hiding things from you, but that actually as we seek him, that he will reveal or show us things Right? It's like playing um, hide-and-go-seek with a little kid. He makes it obvious. All we have to do is look. In Matthew 7, 7, it says this. Keep on asking and you, will, uh, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. See, God's not trying to completely hide things from you. See, God revealed that first time to Peter. God's continually revealing things about himself, his character, his ways, who he is to you. He's revealing it through his spirit, through his word, through faith community, atmospheres of faith like here. See, God wants you to know him. He wants you to uh, have a relationship with you more than you do. Right? It, 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 Jesus came to the earth so that you and I could be restored again to God. So then it's, who do you say I am? That he is a healer. I know he's a miracle worker. I saw that last week. He is peace. He is savior. He is freedom. But we, we see in scripture that people from far away had ideas that Jesus is a prophet, that Jesus was um, John, some crazy stuff. But God revealed himself through closeness. That God, that, that God revealed who Jesus was, revelation through closeness with him. Um, I think we can, know, we can think we know about God um, from far away. We can study God like a subject. Study Jesus like a subject, like this is my Christian subject. But it's actually from time of closeness, intimacy, that you truly get to know him and see him. That it's that God will reveal himself to you more about who he is through that time of intimacy, closeness, as you seek him. Uh, in John 10, 27, it says this. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In order for this to happen, there needs to be a place of intimacy, a closeness, a relationship for sheep to know the voice. For us to know his voice, it comes from a place of intimacy, of closeness. It's speaking of that he wants to be close to you. Uh, in Psalms 103.7, it says this, 
Psalms 103.7 says, he, reveals his, uh, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Moses got to see his glory or his character, his, his ways. Um, why? Because he was intimate with him. He was with, he was with God. And God wants to show you his character. He wants you to discover who he is. And I believe he's looking for people who, to show himself strong, to show himself who he is. And that is through as you spend time, as you invest, as you seek him, that he will reveal to you. And in Matthew 16, 18, it says this. So carrying on, it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. What's amazing is after God revealed this, after he had that revelation, that God changed his identity, that he changed his identity, that a name wasn't just a name, that it was actually speaking of his identity. And that as as well, when we first say, Jesus, you are Lord, that it actually changes our identity that we are not who we are, were before, that we are now a new creation in him. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That your identity now is a son, a daughter in the Lord. That you are a son and daughter of God. That who you were before is gone, and now you are new. Now, when Jesus says to, to Peter, you are rock, um, he, he's not... Um, He's not talking about that he's building his church on Peter, right? He's saying, on this rock, I will build my church. And he also says, Peter, you are a rock. But, um, but Pete, God, Jesus changed uh, his name from Simon to Peter. And in, in the, uh, the language, it's actually Peter or Petros, which means actually a fragment of rock or a stone. And when he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, it's Petra, which means like a large boulder or rock. So Jesus is the one that, will, is, that his church is built upon. And that, that Peter, he got to be the first stone in the building, but the church, his body is built on Jesus. He is the uh, rock that there is no changing there is, like, if we were built on Peter, we'd be, like, freaking out every time we heard a rooster. Um, but, uh, but Jesus, in Ephesians 3.20, it says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. That he is the rock. He is the foundation for the church. And that as you, as when you first have the revelation of you are God, that you then become part of that building, the church, his body, that you get to be built upon the rock, Jesus. And then it goes on throughout there. As the band, why don't you come up? But then it goes up there and it talks about that, then know what? That you have all authority, why? Because of who Jesus is. Because you are built upon the rock. That you can go through a life and you can have authority because of what Jesus has done. And that you can walk in that. What's amazing, this, this important question that all of us need to answer. Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that I am? We're not left alone of, uh... But instead, just as he did with Peter... 
that God will reveal himself to you as you just walk with him, as you, as you work with him, as you do life with him, as you seek him, you will find. As you knock, the door will be open. That he's asking the question, but also giving you the answer. As you just do life with him and out of closeness, who Jesus is to you. And your answer to that, that allows you, I think, to allow him more into your life of what he has done, who he is. And so my hope throughout the series, as we really dive, this was an overview, but as we dive in is, is that you just get a revelation to see Jesus as Lord of your life, alive, present, working, worth following, worth sacrificing for, and that, he's a, that he is full of grace and he is a friend. Why don't we pray right now? Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are good. Father, I thank you that, that you don't just leave it to us, that you have given the invitation to follow you and that, that you also give us the answer. By your spirit, you reveal yourself of who you are. Father, I pray today for those who know you, Father, I pray for a greater revelation from you of who Jesus is. That, the, that they would have wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That they would know what you have provided through Jesus and what they can walk in today. So Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.